This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Well, today has the potential. 502, what do you say we do this on a Friday? The Eddie Scazzeri, what is up? And across from me is a blank chair. That is because Al Dukes is on his way to Indiana to see his boyhood hero, John Cougar Mellencamp, who will play uh, in Indianapolis or somewhere in Indiana. I don't know. And he's going to go see his old school, so that's kind of neat. So he will rejoin us, I think, on Wednesday. He flies in on Monday, and he'll be back on Tuesday, and then back to work on Wednesday. So you get myself, so here's how we'll do things. You're gonna, we got a lot to do in this hour, of course. we got Boomer and Geo at 6, and we've got a lot of Yankees here in the opening segment. A little personal story of my own, also in the first segment. Four calls, four calls in the middle segment. 877-337-6666. We'll also touch on the NBA draft a little bit. And then uh, Fleegs on the Fan joins me in the final segment this hour to talk disgusting Mets baseball. And disgusting baseball is probably a good way to start from last night because eh, if you missed the first inning of this game, you probably should have turned around and gone home. Now, you wouldn't have done that because tickets cost an absolute fortune and a night at the ballpark is a night at the ballpark. But my Lord, was last night horrendous. And also... In terms of the Yankees going forward, you sit there and wonder, what in the hell are they and who are they? Now, I know there's no Aaron Judge. You're coming off a couple of, you know, good wins over Seattle. You figure you can go out there and sweep the series last night, and instead, what do you get? You get nothing from your starting pitcher, absolutely nothing. And it's interesting how yesterday Al asked me, you know, what do you think about the chances of the Yankees sweeping tonight? And I said, you know what? I like Herman in this spot. Like, why wouldn't I? He's had a decent season. Mariners are the Mariners, about a 500 team. Like, why not go and, you know, impose your will on this team and sweep the series? And then it's funny because in the first inning, they put up the keys to the game for John Flaherty. And one of the things he says, the first thing was, this is a good matchup for Domingo Herman. I'm saying, like, see that? We're on the same page together. I think it was Flaherty anyway. And that was the first thing. Then they're like, Ronnie Mauricio is going to be really important. Or Mirage, whatever, I'll pronounce his name, whatever. Uh, he's going to be really important in this game. And then you got to watch John Carlos Stanton and Wright. None of the three mattered because Herman was horrendous. We didn't need the, I mean, they basically went to a kid to pitch. The He reminded me of Graham Lloyd as that slow left-handed curveball comes in after the game was decided at 10 nothing. And Stanton and Wright Field was nothing because it was 10 nothing after the fourth inning. And it was just awful. And it's one of those games you, you, you toss it and you throw it away, you move on. And now you get the Texas Rangers, really good team, one of the best in baseball. But when you look at this game last night, there are so many issues with this club. I have been one to sit here and say, 
while the Mets feel like they're going nowhere fast, and it's really it's the eye test. I mean, yeah, they're six games under 500, but you can also look at the lineup and say, yeah, maybe they'll get it going. They just don't look like a team that's ready to click at any point. They just haven't been all season aside from that West Coast trip, and they've been mediocre to bad the entire season. The Yankees have had good little stretches where they've looked like a really good team. And it's not like they're awful. I mean, even with last night's loss, they're still 41-34. and 34. They're still, I believe, in playoff position. So it's not as if the season's over. But, 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 the season for the Yankees and the Mets is about a hell of a lot more than just being a playoff team. We all, we know this. This is nothing, we're not breaking down new news to anybody. And so when you project what this team will be, you look at what they are. And so some of these names... They look good, but it's the same old story. I mean, Josh Donaldson getting booed last night. Yeah, of course he's going to get booed. Eddie, if I asked you right now, what do you think Josh Donaldson's batting average is? What would you tell me? Under the Mendoza line? It is. How far? 20 points? No. He's batting 127 since he has come back. Now, I understand he's been somewhat productive with the home runs. But 127, I, you can't win like that. You know, you look at DJ LeMahieu, who's got a nice long contract. DJ LeMahieu was a batting champion. Yeah, his first year with the Yankees, he was fine. He was pretty good, pretty good. He's batting 220. I mean, these are the guys that you are looking to rely on with your big bopper out. How about Giancarlo Stanton? What do you think his batting average is, Eddie? 210. Nope, 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 nope. You started with the wrong number. 190. I mean, this guy's making 25, 26, 28, whatever the hell it is, a lot of money. 20 to $30 million a year, 25 to $30 million a year, and he's batting 190. I mean, this is your Yankees. When you are relying on the likes of Billy McKinney, Willie Calhoun, who I know is now out with the, with the quad injury, but he's been good. I mean, this is what it's become. Like, you need, you need Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to kind of put runs on the board last night. And again, I know they won the series, so I'm not going overboard here, except what I don't know is, is this what we're going to see until Judge gets back? And then even when Judge gets back, as how much does he elevate what has become a bad offensive team? I mean, look at that series in Boston. They couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag up at Fenway Park, and that's not a great Red Sox team. Yeah, all right. They saw some decent pitching. I I will not argue that. And maybe that's that's the issue. It has been in the playoffs the last several years. They see good pitching. They don't hit home runs. They lose. And they're out. Yeah, they won the one series against Cleveland last year, but then they play the Astros, and that'd be that. And it just feels like, you know, that whole definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over and over again. You get the same results. Why is this year going to be any different? Like, I have a hard time trying to sell someone on the Yankees having a different result in the playoffs, assuming they make the playoffs. And I think they will. Again, Garrett Cole is out there every five days. He is a stopper. We saw that. We gave you that stat yesterday. We're following a loss. Garrett Cole wins. I mean, he just does. The Yankees are 7-0 and when he goes out there after a Yankee loss. That's how good he's been. But then what? And now I'm not even I'm not even picking on, on the position players. I haven't even talked about Anthony Rizzo, who last night, okay, was fine. He was on base a few times, but he hasn't done a whole hell of a lot for the last month, which we know. So let's put the lineup aside for a second. Let's talk about pitching. 
Rodon on his way back, but I'll believe that when I see it. And I know he pitched for summer or at, at Somerset the other day um, for that team. I'll believe it when I see it, him in a Yankee uniform at the at the major league level. And hopefully it is sooner rather than later. And they need him because I don't know what you're getting from Luis Severino on a start-to-start basis. I have no idea. After last night with Herman, he was throwing batting practice. There was the one, I forget the at-bat in the in the first inning. I'm, I'm Excuse me, I'm forgetting who it was. It was a left-handed batter. He wound up with a single that didn't drive in any runs. You know, a clean single to right. But prior to that, he ripped a shot down the right field line. It was a laser. And it just seemed like everything they hit was hit hard. And, yeah, he got some outs. The one, I think it was the second inning he had two out, nobody on, maybe the third inning, whatever. It was one of those innings you're thinking, all right, maybe. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play something for you, which is kind of funny. Eddie, if you can pull my fader up really quick. Actually, i got to find it. There was there was this one sequence. So I think the score was, I want to say it was 7 nothing at this point. Oh, no, it was 5 nothing. I think it was 5 nothing. I'm watching the game. I was not in the car. I wasn't listening to John and Susan. I was watching the game on TV. And so we know he struggles. He gives up four runs in the first inning, and things look lousy. And then he gives up a couple more runs. And I got one. So in the midst of this, if I can pull this up really quick, because you talk about saying, you know how a lot of times you will get the announcer jinx? Now, I'm not calling this a jinx, because this night was dead and buried at this point anyway, because the Yankee offense wasn't doing anything anyway. So I'm going to take you to the Yes broadcast. I believe it's 5 nothing. Ty France is up at the plate. And here's Flaherty. <laughs> After a strike is called, and he had just struck out a batter, talking about Herman. He just strikes out a batter. And he's got, I think it was a, maybe might have been a two strike count. I don't know, but I know the previous pitch was a strike. And then listen to this, and I promise you, this is not edited. And just listen to his reaction. You'll see her, Herman can build off of that curveball he threw to Rodriguez down and away, followed it up with a good one to France. Maybe not. <laughs> Driven deep to left center field. That ball is long oh, gone. Long gone. gone for France. <laughs> yeah. So that was the S network with the, with the K and Flat. I'm like, you couldn't make that up. And he's sitting there. Yeah, my bad. I guess not. Yeah, it just wasn't his night. So you like. So you look at the rotation. Back to where I was going. Severino, no idea. Herman now, I don't know. I mean, again, batting practice last night. Nestor Cortez out. Like that's the guy. When you looked at the Yankees this year. So let's go. Let's talk about Cortez for a minute. Because when you when you looked at the Yankees coming into the season, you kind of felt like Judge would have a good season. You thought maybe Stanton would kind of be Stanton, although he hasn't been. I mean, he's been brutal. And then you were hoping for an infusion of youth, and and maybe the offense would be okay. Fair enough. Now you look at the rotation, you're thinking you start with Garrett Cole, you're good. After what Nestor Cortez did last year, great. We got a solid two. We're good to go. Well, now he wasn't good. We find out he's injured. Who the hell knows when he comes back? So that's a mess. Severino's a mess. You've got uh, Herman after last night. Are we really hanging our – no disrespect, but are we hanging our hat on Clark Schmidt? Like, is that what we are going to need? Is that what the Yankees need to be good going into these next few weeks until Rodon is back? And so I just – there's so many question marks. Can they be answered? Yes, they can absolutely be answered. There's no question about that. And if you told me that the Yankees won two out of three over the Rangers this weekend, I'd buy it. I mean, the Rangers are clearly the better team. But I wouldn't be stunned if the Yankees took two out of three this weekend over Texas and got going on the right track. And if you told me at some point they were one of these teams that strung along or or strung together 10 straight wins, I wouldn't be surprised. The problem are gaps like this, games like this, losing streaks like they've had concern me 
in terms of what they can be for the long term. Now, there's one thing in here that we haven't discussed yet, and that is the trade deadline in the summer. The Yankees usually make moves. That will be the thing, and this is, comes back now to their record, which is why you can't panic. You can be concerned, but you can't panic. They're seven games over 500. Right now, they are a playoff team. Yeah, they're still far behind the Rays, who did lose last night. So forget about the division for now. Maybe if the Rays have a losing streak and the Yankees have one of those winning streaks, we can get back to that. But right now, let's talk about what's right in front of them. They are going to be good enough to where they will warrant making moves at the deadline. And I mean moves for the right. Like the Mets, I can make every case. The Mets very well might be sellers at the deadline if they don't get their act straightened out here in the next few weeks. You can make that case. With the Yankees, to me, the case is to be made to still improve the team as opposed to disassemble the team. Now, are there pieces you'd like to say goodbye to? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much, I I honestly don't know how much longer you can keep running Josh Donaldson out there. I understand he's a good fielder. I get it. He is brutal at the plate. He has home run or bust. And while he's hit some, he ain't enough of them to make it worth it. He's just not. And it's just, it's like, it just drains the life out of you when you're watching these games. I don't, you're stuck with Stanton. He's not going anywhere. I love the fact that he was in right field last night. I've always said that. I think he's usually a better hitter when he plays the field. That having been said, you got next to nothing last night from Stanton, and you've gotten nothing from him all season. So that, to me, is the big difference between the Yankees and the Mets in terms of going forward here in the summer. The Yankees have kept their head above water. Last night, concerning. The losing streak over the weekend, concerning. And now... A little bit of a danger zone taking on an excellent Rangers team, even without DeGrom. So this weekend, for me, will be very telling for them. I don't know who's pitching for Texas. Last time I checked about an hour ago, it was a TBD. I know you got Schmidt for the Yankees, but a very big weekend um, for what a big weekend can be in June for the Yankees upon us. And one, you know, if you haven't watched much of the Rangers, and I only watch them because I picked them to go to the World Series for some stupid reason in the beginning of the season with Al. So I've been intrigued on the – I'm almost like a gambler. Like I'm in on the Rangers even though I didn't bet them. I kind of just want to be right about them. And so far, so good in terms of that. They are a very good team. So if you haven't watched them, take a look at them this weekend. Very good uh, very good club for sure. And it could be a telling weekend for the Yankees. And, oh, by the way, Herman greeted with booze. Yeah. I mean, that when you give up 10 runs in foot – I mean, it wasn't even four full innings. That's what you're going to get. And the people in the Bronx, every right to be upset with last night. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do four calls. I'm also going to get to what you will see later in the program uh, on CBS Sports Network. I have a little bit of a gash above my eye. Uh, I'm going to explain that uh, on the other side. had a little bit of an embarrassing day yesterday, which we will talk about. And four calls. That's it. Four calls. 877-337-6666. And then, and if you don't call, I'll just talk. And then Flegelman in the final segment on uh, on the Mets. We'll also get to uh, the NBA draft as well. I thought the Nets had a couple of good picks last night. And it was pretty predictable at the top. So it's Al and Jerry without Al here on a Friday right here on The Fan. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, welcome back. Warm up show with Alan Jerry. Al is off to Indiana, so this is your rare chance to get calls in this hour. We take, we call it four calls. That's it, four calls. I will take them in just one moment. Uh, so if you guys can hang on for just a second, and it can be on anything, it doesn't have to be on the Yankees, anything. Call, talk about Al, the, the warm up show, uh, Boomer, I don't, whatever you want. I'm here for your calls, 877-337-6666, but just four of them. So yesterday, and then I'll get to the calls in a moment. Uh, when you turn on the TV today, if you are watching Boomer and Geo, which why wouldn't you be, uh, on CBS Sports Network, you will see a, a little bit of a gash with stitches above my right eye. So because my younger son had a baseball tournament this weekend, I was not able to see my father for Father's Day. So the idea was going to take him golfing for Father's Day. And so um, we chose, it was going to be today, we wound up choosing yesterday for other reasons. And it was going to be a little bit of a golf day. And then I was going to get my son to baseball practice at 6 o'clock. Uh, in perfect timing, we were playing at one. Everything was great. So we get we go down to Howell Park uh, in New Jersey, and we had a wonderful day for an hour. Why would it only be for an hour? Well, because Numbnuts over here, me, has a ball behind a tree. As my drive sprayed it a little bit off the fairway to the right, and it was to the right of a tree. I would say I was probably three, four feet to the right. So instead of pitching it to my left and sideways, I figured I would try an, a shot that I have tried 100 times, if not 200 times in my 25 years of playing golf, and I would shoot it up the right side and just land it maybe 75, 80 yards up the fairway, nice little line drive, and away we go. It was a 500-yard par 5. Why give up the hole when I've made this shot every time? Well, when you don't play much like you used to, you're not quite as good as you used to be. Matter of fact, I kind of stink now, and that's fine. I've accepted that. I just go out and have fun at this point. But shots like this, I will no longer attempt. And why is that? Because instead of hitting the ball straight like I aimed it, I yanked it slightly left. And by the way, the tree was maybe six or seven feet in front of me. And that ball came right back at me at a very high rate of speed. Hit me in the floor. Ah! <laughs> you ain't kidding. And blood started gushing like I have never seen. Next thing you know, we're on our way to the clubhouse. I'm calling for a medic, and I'm on my way to the hospital. And I ended up with four stitches. 
they wanted to come with me. I would not allow them to come with me. I said, you guys finish your round, which they did. And uh, my, wa- my wife met me at the hospital, and all was good. And ah! Got it, Eddie. Yep, I got it. And so the only problem with your the way you just did that, it sounds like it's a vibrator into a tree. <laughs> this was just a swing. Hit the tree. Ball comes right back at me. So a little advice. Ah! <laughs> a little advice out there if you're playing golf. Ball behind the tree. Pitch it to safety <laughs> because I'm not gonna. I actually have my glove because it was in my uh, in the car. I have my bloody glove. So last week, my son had a bloody sock from his um, varsity middle school championship game where a kid spiked him running to first base, and now I have a bloody glove. It just oh my gosh! So a great day as it started did not end so for me. But uh, I went down to Jersey Shore Medical Center, and the people there were phenomenal. Stitched me up. Ah! All right, I get it. I get it. I get it. And uh, and here we go. So you will see that uh, later on TV. And now I've explained myself, which I will again to the guys, because they probably are just in the back having hearing this or not hearing this. And then uh, we will go over it again. All right, four calls. That's it, four calls. Uh, 877-337-6666 can be on anything you want. We will start with Andrew in Fork and River. What's up, Andrew? Good morning. What's up, Jerry? How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got through to you. Um... First off, you know, you got to take your medicine sometimes when you're out there on the course. But I, you know what? I, I agree. I totally agree. My my issue was I have I have hit this shot so many times. Like, I just missed it. Like, I missed it a solid six or six. And you know what's funny? A lot of my tee shots and a lot of my approach shots, I was aiming a you know, flag back right, and I was, I was putting the ball back left, aiming right side of the fairway, and I was left. For whatever reason, if I was crossing my hands, everything was left yesterday, and I – Pulled it left right into the tree. So you're right. I will take my medicine. I have learned my lesson. Yeah. Uh, on another note, you know, you guys uh, help me out through my commute. You and Al, I'm coming from Jersey to the city every day. From Fork and uh, River? Yep. Oof. Yeah, Oof. It's, a, it's a good one, but it's worth it. All right. Um, on the Yankees, though, uh, you know, who really is there out there to get as a pitcher? Because we all know we need pitching right now. I don't, it's a great question because as you – you know, there are teams right now where I would say, like the Reds, going into the season, I would say the Reds would have been a team you probably would have looked to for starting pitching. And you look at what the Reds are doing, they don't do anything but win all of a sudden. They've won 11 straight games that are very relevant. Um, I think you've got to let this play out another few weeks for teams to really have a good idea of what they are. Uh, and then I think names will start start to pop up. I'm not going to give you one right now because I'm not. I haven't looked at it. But I will tell you, as you get towards the end of June and then you get into July, I think that's when you will start to see who the real sellers will be uh, and what names will be available. Right now, kind of hard, aside from the really terrible teams, and I don't know if you want to go in that direction anyway, um, right now you're probably still waiting that out. But they will, I'm telling you. This team, I think they'll be good enough to stay right where they are. That's seven, eight, nine games above 500. They're going to be right near playoff positioning, and I think this will be a team that will look to add rather than the Yankees aren't selling, not with where they are. There's no chance. I really do believe that they will be buyers at the trade deadline. Mike in Brooklyn, you're with uh, Al and Jerry without Al here on the fan. What's up, Mike? What's up, Jerry? You know, after after I heard your story, I, I wanted to hang up because, you know, my cold's not so positive. That's okay. What's but, uh, going on? No, so yesterday on the on – the, uh, Carvin Roberts, you know, Craig was calling you guys out a little bit, saying that you and Al didn't call him up to wish him well. He didn't uh, leave you know, yet. If you, you, what? He didn't leave yet. 
Well, I guess he was expecting Cole after he announced, and he said, no. "Pull him up on the show." Nah. And you know, you're just doing it for yourself. Doing what for myself? If you call him up on like the last day of the show, you know, he he really wasn't too too happy with you guys. He'll get I over. Just it. Want to let you know that. No, I appreciate it. He'll get over it. That's fine. I wasn't too happy okay. with him when he went to prison. Quite frankly, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Right. I mean, uh, and I did text him, and I, here's I would say this, Mike. Usually, when things like this happen, and Craig should know this by by now about me, when things like this happen, there is usually a crush of people that will call you, and you know you get inundated. I think with the response, so I texted him for sure, and I thought I'd let a little time go by because he was going to be here for another couple of weeks. And if he actually right. thought I wouldn't call him before he left, he that's stupid. So I will, and he will. Uh, if he doesn't want to take my call, he doesn't take it. That'll be disappointing. But I love Craig. That's never changed. And uh, if he thinks we're bad guys, well, so be it. Can't help that. Joe and Tom's River. What's up, Joe? Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm morning? good, Joe. What's going on? Long time listener. I just don't get a chance to call in. Say okay. I'm out well, tomorrow. here's your chance. Let's let's do it. Okay. Uh, when I look at the Yankees, I'm going to take a macro look. I say what's the problem? My problem with the Yankees. I watch your listeners every game. I follow them. You know, between the post game and the pre game, I don't get the chance to read the paper. This is where I'm going. If you take a look at where the Yankees were around 2000, 2018, give or take, all of a sudden I'm saying to myself, look at this core: Sanchez, Judge, Torres. Then, then Chapman came back. Then they get, and uh, a tremendous deal is made for Hicks, who's showing things that he never showed before. Then, then you have, then you have, uh, they, they bring in DJ LeMay. Yeah. Okay? I said, what, what a, what a, uh, a nice core they had. I said, this team was going, and then, you know, I figure Sanchez is going to be, you know, on his way to the Hall of Fame at an early age and whatnot. Everybody did, yeah. Okay. Now, I look at baseball when I look. That's a macro look at it. Then all of a sudden, that's why you can never really judge uh, in one way. You can never really judge Boone as a manager in one way. Game to game, he does a good job. He's had tremendous in- injuries over the years. Tremendous injuries. Yep. Tremendous loss of time. You know, and then they pick up Stanton. Stanton is what he is. I thought he'd be a little more of a former. You know, he's just terrible, terrible at that. But I look at things one way, and then I don't know why it's not brought up, especially when you talk about Torres and E.J. LeMayo. It's being in shape. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with E.J. LeMayo. Man, I mean, you know not what, you, Joe, Joe, you might be right about that. I mean, it's certainly very possible. Um, I just think he's broken down. I don't know that he's out of shape as much as he's aging and he's not the player he was. You bring up Torres, which is a good one, because he's still – he's a strange player. I mean, he goes through funks where he looks like he doesn't belong. Then he goes through little stretches where he looks like the player they hoped he'd be. Um, he's an odd one. I mean, and all the guys you just mentioned, Gary Sanchez, I agree with you. You thought you had a catcher-slash-DH for years and years to come, and then all of a sudden that completely fell apart. I know, by the way, he went three for five yesterday for the Padres, who did snap the Giants' winning streak. Um, You know, he's another one. You mentioned Aaron Hicks in the deal. When you go back, if if you go back to the tapes to when Brian Cashman signed him to what we thought at the time was a team-friendly deal, 
We thought that was the steal of the century. He could hit, he could hit for power, and he played a great outfield. Then he gets hurt, comes back, and he can't get out of his own way. Remarkable. And he's been okay with the Orioles, and we've had fun playing some of his good highlights. He has, it's not like he's batting 400. He's probably batting around 240, 250. But he's been at least productive for the Orioles. But you're right. When you go back and you look at what it appeared to be, what was happening for the future of the team, man, it just doesn't go according to script sometimes. And in a lot of those examples you just gave, you're you're spot on. So I'm glad you got in. I'm glad you were able to make the call. We appreciate you calling in. One more to close out four calls. His name is Dwight Nasbury Park. What's up, Dwight? Uh, yes, I like that comeback you said about Mr. Carton. But uh, this is about the Nets and about the NBA draft. What do you think about the two picks that the that the Nets made? Do you think they'll make a contribution immediately? I threw out. So I think from everything I've read, and I know I don't know enough about Whitehead, um, Clowney. I've seen a few times, and even a lot of the projections seem to be he might be a kid that can come in and contribute right away. So I would say. You know, the NBA draft, we always talk about this. The NBA draft, like most drafts, is really a crapshoot with what you draft, who you get. It seems like the kid at the top with the Spurs is a no doubt about it. Uh, I would certainly think, I mean, I, I don't know this, but I would think the kid Miller at number two is uh, a pretty sure thing. But I do think the Nets have a chance with the players they got that they can actually make a contribution, specifically Clowney, um, at 21. I don't know about the other two. We shall see. Every year you draft kids that play really well in college. The question is, does that translate to the NBA game? And more times than not, uh, more times than not, it, it, it doesn't, to be quite honest. So uh, hard to tell. Don't know. I will tell you on paper. I like what they did. Um, we'll see. Time will tell. Now, the one thing, real quick on basketball, I did see overnight or maybe late last night that the um, Wizards are sending Chris Paul to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. So does that tell you that Draymond Green is 100% going to be back if Poole is gone? I, I actually think, yeah, it probably does. And it's a great spot for Paul, who has never been able to win that championship, as we know. He's been on good teams, never been able to get it done. Now he goes to a team where he can be, I would think, Chris Paul going to Golden State would mean he's not going to have to be, I mean, well, not might. He's not going to have to be the guy. You've already got... Steph Curry there. Like, that is the face of the franchise. And if Draymond Green comes back, he takes pressure off you, too, for what he does and what he brings to that team. You add Chris Paul to the mix. Kind of like it for Golden State, and I like it for him. He's in his mid-30s, I would say now. He's got to be. Chris Paul has to be in his mid-30s. He's been around forever. And so maybe he becomes a a 20-minute-a-night guy um, and then doesn't break down towards the end of the season and stays well physically and can really make great contributions. So a lot of good stuff last night at draft night. Weird with the Knicks not having a pick. We did buzz no buzz, and clearly there was no buzz for this yesterday whatsoever. And I, I do believe partly because we knew when Yama was going to the Spurs, there was no intrigue at number one, which is usually the case, but also the fact that the Knicks were pickless. Um, that kind of made it a little weird, too, in terms of the feel of the draft. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, if he's around, we'll get Fleegs on the fan for a few minutes to break down or not a breakdown, his take on the Mets. See if he's a optimistic or pessimistic Met fan. I don't know how you can be anything but pessimistic with what we've seen so far this year. But we'll talk a little bit about the Mets coming up. We also got a couple of uh, football topics to get to, too, if there's time. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, coming up in a quarter to six, we got Boomer and Geo at the top of the hour. Al is on his way to Indiana for a John Cougar Mellon Camp concert. And a nice weekend away, so he will rejoin us on Wednesday. We've talked about the uh, the Yankees, my unfortunate mishap with the golf ball, uh, some NBA draft as well, and a couple of minutes here on uh, on the Mets. So I'm bringing Mike Flegelman, who um, hosts a lot of shows here at the radio station, is a lifelong and one of the most diehard Mets fans that I know. And so I'm going to start this way. All right. First of all, good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Jerry. Hope you're doing all right despite uh, the uh, golf ball to the face. Uh, yeah, something I was not anticipating, but yes. So I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to mention a few teams, and then I'm gonna ask you a question. So we've got Atlanta, we've got Miami, we've got Philadelphia. <laughs> Amazingly enough, Cincinnati, Milwaukee. Yeah, the Cubs. Mm, sort of the Pirates. Arizona, San Francisco, the LA Dodgers, and the Padres. The only teams I haven't mentioned are the Nationals, the Cardinals, and the Rockies. They're below the Mets. Sell me on why the Mets season is not over. No, I can't. I did, oh, the, can't. I did the overnight Sunday, and I said it's over. That it's was after dead. just one loss to the Cardinals. And look, those teams behind them, they've lost series to all of them. They I know split they one with the Nationals. They can't beat any of these teams in a series. Like, there's, there's two thoughts of logic. Like, it tells you with the talent the Mets have on the roster, they can't possibly be this bad I agree. the rest of the season. So you would expect there's going to be some kind of run at some point, and I still think you'll get that. I don't think the Mets finish below 500, but because you listed all the teams that are currently in front of them, the National League is better than we thought it would be. So I could see the Mets going on a run, getting to 84, 85 wins, but before the season where I thought maybe that could get you the last wild card, I don't think that's going to be good enough now. I think they're done because they've been so bad giving away too many games, and the rest of the league is just better than we thought. I'll give you two teams that... I would say I didn't expect much from, or not too much from, because I, I, you're right, with that number 84-85, that usually is good enough to get a wild card spot. Miami and San Francisco, though, and I know Miami's just been steady. I mean, the Marlins have been really good. Arise has been great. The Giants, prior to this winning streak, were just a middling-type team. Now, they lost last night, but still, they had won 10 in a row, so they are now 9 or 10 games above 500. If those two teams continue to play well, they have virtually no chance 
because the other teams that are there are going to be there, and that's sort of the problem for them. So here's then here's the next question. Then it's only June twenty whatever June twenty third. So we're still far away from the deadline, although it is approaching, but still far away from it. What would you need to see for this team to add as opposed to subtract? Well, a big winning streak because you'd have to be I want to say five hundred, but even realistically, you know, game or two below, but. I mean, you have to be within three games of a wild card. And I also think at that point, you probably want to have jumped two teams in front of you. But like you said, with all those teams there, you know, the Marlins playing way better than anybody ever expected. But they're there and they're not showing any signs of going away. The Giants are a team that I thought would be in that low to mid-80s mix. They were hurt to start the season. I remember when the Mets played them, they were talking about on the broadcast, including the national one Sunday night, well, the Giants think once they get healthy that they're going to take off and go on a run. They've done that. Yep. They're now there. They're a team that we even looked at, all right, they might be a seller. Maybe the Yankees could get a Michael Conforto, Jock Peterson. Now, Giants aren't selling. Giants aren't going anywhere. There's too many teams. I mean, the Mets, yeah, three to four games out is the most important I'm looking for at the trade deadline. If there are any more games out than that, plus you're talking about then however many teams they have to jump, Again, even if they go on the run at that point, it's hard to pull off. Could be too little, too late. And I know right now, I think the number seven right. that they're back, which is a big number. That's not you the know, last weekend. Five looked bad, but yeah. all right, you have a chance here against the Cardinals to maybe win a series. You know where we were after Friday night. You could have sold me on. All right, they beat the Yankees in the final game. They beat the Cardinals. Now here you go. Maybe they can start their run. And then, of course, they go on to lose four of the next It's five. unbelievable. And the Cardinals have been so bad. And then to lose both those. The Sunday one, you know what? Saturday is what it is. That's fine. You got to win Sunday. You put up a bunch of runs. You can't lose that game. And our, funny, too, I played the clip earlier from the Yankee call where hey, maybe uh, he's getting himself out of this up. No, he's not. That That's what Sunday felt like for me with the Mets in that it was one of those games where they were scoring a lot of runs. The announcer for the Cardinals was like, oh, Arenado hasn't hit the ball in, you know, two weeks. Next pitch was like a home run, and then, of course, he has the home run late. But that was like one of those games last year they win. There have been so many of these games where you can point back to 2022 and say things fall and break right for them. And this year, everything is completely breaking wrong. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I'll tell you one thing. I know you're on Twitter, and I saw this, which actually surprised me. 
just I, I guess he doesn't listen all that often, and that's fine. Howie Rose put out a tweet, though, yesterday that said, this guy's absence isn't getting enough play, and it was a picture of Edwin Diaz. And I'm thinking, that's all we've talked about. Yeah, especially lately. In the beginning of the season one, remember, the Mets didn't get off to an awful start. When they're 14-7, they beat the Dodgers in a series. We're not talking about it. And the bullpen was holding up okay early on. It was fine. And Robertson's been so good. And listen, Robertson has done the job in Diaz's absence, but as the weeks have gone on, yeah, we have been talking about it. It's still, I think the bigger issue is the starting pitching, but the starting pitching is leading to the bullpen pitching a lot more. Way too much. And in all those games where if you know it would maybe be Diaz, Robertson, and Adovino or Raley, you're now getting Robertson, Adovino, Raley, and then the guys in the underbelly all pitching more than they should. Yeah, it's led to losses now, but I agree with you that, especially in the last month, we've been talking about That's that. That's all I've been talking about. And you know where he was used to, and this is where I really think they actually miss him now and have the last maybe two or three weeks. The one thing Buck did with him last year, you would see him in the eighth inning of games when it was the important spot. And they haven't had it. Well, they've done it with Robertson this year. Yeah. The problem is, Adovino, and Adovino hasn't been as good in the ninth as he was last year. And you would presume this year, if they were doing that with Diaz in the eighth, it would be this version of Robertson, who's been kind of like Adovino last year, maybe better, pitching the ninth. So but, all those kinds of games, and whether it's the comebacks, the the pitching, the bullpen, every kind of game that they found a way to win last year, they are now losing them in all different ways this year. I think the best point you made, though, there was the fact that the bullpen has faltered is because the starters have faltered and they've been used way too much too early. And that's been that's been a big issue. It's been, their offense has been bad at times, and, and then they pitch, and when they, they don't pitch, they hit. It's... Whole thing's the been offense a mess. is too inconsistent. Like they're the team Horribly. that averages four and a half runs by giving you nine, and then, and then one. one. Yep. And they're losing because of the pitching. Every time they they could steal a couple games last year where they scored three runs. This year, if they're not scoring four, five plus runs, they have no shot. Well, but how about the stat that they've lost eleven games when they score six runs? Eleven, one in six in their last oh. seven where they've scored that seven plus runs. Like that's hard to pull off. And yeah. they this year their record when scoring four or more runs on a whole is closer to 500. Last year, they were like 30, 40 games over 500 in those spots. It's, it's the pitching, the pitching, the pitching. As inconsistent as the offense is, it is the pitching that has them in the spot they're in. Pitching, pitching, pitching. All right, Mike, good job. We will see you on the show in a couple of minutes. All right, That Jared. is Fleegs on the fan. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I have a note from Ice Cube that I'm going to read to you about the big three and a very simple answer to one of his questions about why the league is not I don't want to say taken seriously, covered the way it needs to be. Um, so we'll get to that. I have a football note as well. And then guess what? We're only seven and a half minutes away from Boomer and Geo. Right now, we are right in line for an Odyssey Sports Minute. His name is JR, and he's talking about Chris Paul. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Hi, welcome back. Al is out until Wednesday, so we've done it solo for the most part. Fleeks uh, helping out a little bit last hour with the uh, the Mets. The Mets take on the Phillies tonight down in Philadelphia. Our old friend Taiwan Walker going for Philly. Kodai Senga, who's been not good on the road. He starts for the Mets. And the Yankees last night, I don't again, I don't, what do you call that? 10-2. They got destroyed by the Mariners. Take on a very good Rangers team starting this weekend. Uh, NBA draft for you real quick. Um, we know at the top, of course, what it was. The Nets picked 21-22. Clowney from Alabama and Whitehead from Duke. I saw this that I thought was very interesting. Ice Cube on a radio interview talking about how disappointed he is in the lack of coverage for his big three tournament, which on the surface I understand to a certain extent. The problem is it's very much like these alternate football leagues. It's too much. Like I don't know exactly what he's expecting, 
But the big three is never going to be the NBA, just like the XFL or the USFL is never going to be as popular as the NFL. Is it a cool concept? Yes. Is it something you're going to be a diehard of? No. It's casual. That's what it is. You put it on in, a, in June or July when it's on and there's nothing else going on and you don't like baseball. But other than that, that's kind of what it is. So I understand being disappointed, but uh, that is kind of the way it is, and he will have to deal with that. I think they're making money. And if that's the case, I mean, that's all you can ask for. It's still weird when you look at the way the game is played with the half court. It's not even a half court. It's like a, a third of a court. It's kind of hard to get used to. And so they'll continue to sink money into it. I think it will be successful to a certain extent. But if he got into this, it's kind of like professional pickleball. Yeah, it's popular. I am not going to argue that. But if you think that's going to take over tennis or golf on TV. I, I don't see that either. It's it's cool. It's neat. It's fun. But to sit there and watch it like it's the U.S. Open or Wimbledon, never happening. And the big three, never going to be covered like the NBA. It just can't be. Way too much sports for us to consider. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.